When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, uh, we got a special guest in studio later, and he's brought some uh, visual materials, but that's coming up later. I, I won't say too much about it. Really interesting guest who's going to be uh, with me a little bit later on. 3 2 Florida leading the Maple Leafs, 7 10 left in the second period. Leafs were up 2 0 early. 5-10 into the game. It was 2-1 after one. Barkov scored 19 seconds into the second period. Forsling a minute, six into the second period. So Florida leading the game 3-2. They're up 1-0 in the series. A little over an hour from now, Kraken at Stars. Seattle leads that series one zip. Blue Jays trailing the Red Sox 8-4. That is in the bottom of the seventh. Oilers practice today. You heard some of the uh, clips from Woodcroft and Nugent Hopkins. We'll have more audio as we move along throughout the show. Oilers and Golden Knights in Vegas on Saturday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon for the face-off show. Game at 5 here on 6.30, Chet. No watch party in Rogers Place because Shania is doing the concert, but all the other outdoor viewing opportunities are available. So uh, keep that in mind. 780-496-0063 for your thoughts on the game, the Golden Knights, the Oilers, the series. We've, uh, we've, we're getting some coming. We'll probably do a more extended uh, open line and your feedback time between about 650 and 7.30. I know Kellen's keeping an eye on some messages as well. Somebody's a little unhappy with, uh, with Woody's... Uh, coaching i think to some degree so we'll dive into that as we move along as well 7804960063 but right now he joins me every couple of weeks here on inside sports presented by avalon foundation repair western canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years home of the lifetime warranty former edmonton oiler now with the nhl on rogers it is luke gazdick luke welcome back to the show how are you doing great reed how about yourself buddy well, I am doing very well. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. Of course, you were just in Edmonton this past weekend uh, playing in the uh, the Alzheimer event with a bunch of other former NHLers. I understand you were a pretty hot commodity at this one. Apparently. So I got drafted third overall, Reed. It's the highest I've ever been drafted in any draft. Um, I, was, I was laughing because I there's a hockey helps a homeless one just the weekend before in Toronto, and I felt to like... I didn't even go on the first the first day. I think I, I ended up getting picked the second day. I got picked like 18th or 19th overall. So uh, it's cool though, man. It's like that. That's awesome. I uh, the, the draft was such a fun night. You know how much I love Edmonton and I, and I love the fans. It was a great night over there at uh, Cook County. Uh, and how how once you get on the uh, ice and get out there with some of these guys, and you, and you probably saw some former teammates or adversaries or coaches along the way too, right? Yeah, that was the coolest thing. I walked down to the lobby on on the first day we were heading to the luncheon, and I said to Carly Napier, who works for the the NHL, I said, Carly, my first captain is standing beside me, Andrew Ference. I said, my first two coaches are standing beside him, Keith Acton, Kelly Buckberger, and my first GM is standing beside him, uh, Craig McTavish. I said, all five of us were standing, and we were at the West End, the hotel that when I got picked up at, I lived there for like two months to start my career, so... 
it was like I went back in time, like and 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 uh, I was back uh, to being a rookie again. Okay, well that's good. I, I know you enjoyed it. And you got another event in Toronto this weekend. You're rolling yep. into another one. Yep, the same Scotiabank uh, Alzheimer's Society Pro Am as in my home city of Toronto this weekend. So take a part in that. Uh, should be fun again. Okay, well good for you for doing that. Uh, and of course you're keeping a very keen eye on uh, the Edmonton Oilers, who uh, had a bit of a rough ride last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. First of all, and, and this was a big topic, you know, for about the last, well, four or five days between the two series, differences between the Kings and, and the Golden Knights. Did you see some significant differences in the Oilers' opponents yesterday? Instantly. And I think the first thing you see is the pace that's, that uh, Vegas plays with. They're just so much faster in transition. Like, L.A. kind of just was slower. They grinded you down. And when they get their opportunity, that's when you see their speed. But Vegas uses it a ton. They use it on breakouts. They're D are active. They're D join the rush. They're a shoot first team. Um, it, it's a whole different animal than the Kings. And I think about 10 minutes into the game, uh, I, I could see the Oilers kind of realize that. I mean, that was a huge first goal of the power play. I thought that set the tone. I thought the game was going in a different direction. Um, and and Vegas, you can tell they're they're well coached. They have some really good veterans there. That uh, Alex Pietrangelo, um, Shea Theodore, even up front, Riley Smith, and these guys, Chandler Stevenson, who maybe I didn't give enough credit to, but. I know it's only one game. The Oilers will make adjustments. They're extremely well coached, but I think they now know that this is a very different animal than than Todd McClellan and the LA Kings. Yeah, so is it just uh, when you have a team with a different approach, did you just have to just have to make quicker reads do you have to you know change the way you're playing in the neutral zone when they have the puck like what's something to watch for in the second game Oh, tracking for sure is going to be one thing. Um, they had way too many uh, fast breaks and too many odd man rushes. So the, Woody is going to be all over them, be tracking through the middle of the ice all the way back to the house. I think they were decent in their own end. They kind of got hemmed in for a little bit. Um, but adjust, adjustments in that sense, you'll see how much wall play there was. Dallas Eakins actually talked about it on the, on, on the broadcast last night. They have to win the walls um, and they have to win the front of the net. And I don't think they did did a good enough job last night outside of Leon with with his four. I think there were a couple guys going, but from my perspective, they just didn't have everybody on board. Um, but I think like I think it's going to be fine, right? It's one game, and it's a bit of a hostile atmosphere in there. But a couple small tweaks and adjustments for Woody. A lot of focus on McDavid, both from the opponent and from. Obviously, the Oilers, because he's so important. We had a caller last night after the game saying McDavid needs to shoot more. I mean, he did have four shots on goal, and he, and he had the puck a lot. But there were some exciting rushes that uh, maybe didn't result in any chances. What what are the Golden Knights doing against Connor? So they're almost allowing him to wind up and, and, um, and allow him to have the middle of the ice, which I... I immediately before you know the game when I was doing my pre-scouts um LA plays more of a 1-3-1 where they sit back on their heels a little bit whereas Vegas plays like a fairly aggressive 1-2-2 but they are not they're sitting back so they almost they allow him to get his you know momentum he loves to do that cross under curl get his speed and then attack you head on and they're almost sinking all the way back until they're at essentially the hash marks 
Um, so he's pushing them all the way back in, but then once he gets there, there's no room to move. There's nowhere to go. So you saw probably five, six times where he got there and he had probably just one more guy to beat or one more stick, but there's just nowhere, there was nowhere to go. Um, so it's kind of an interesting, it, it's an, an interesting way to play it, but going back to Dally on the panel, he said last night, their D were so good in their gaps. So usually Connor doesn't have that because some of the D either gap up and he'll beat them with speed or they can't handle his speed. And they were so good at gapping up and taking his rush um, where it allowed him no room. It, it's going to be so interesting. I want to see how he, what adjustments he makes personally on top of the team system and all that. You can tell he was a bit frustrated that he needs to go back to the drawing board. And I'm very, very uh, curious and excited to see how he's going to change. So it's uh, almost like a, a bend, but don't break defense against Con. Like it, it's, it's like, pretty a, much. yeah, pretty much. It was like Petrangelo was just like, uh, skating backwards, taking the rush all the way till essentially he got on top of Brossois. And, you know, just bring him in there. Don't let him be too wide. Don't give him the middle of the ice, like when you get in real close. And they just did such a good job of that. Shea Theodore is another one, and he's a, he, he's a nice player back there, Braden McNabb. I thought the Vegas decor won. Brossois was, was great. I'll give him that. But I thought the Vegas decor won that game for them. All right, uh, Luke Gazik joining us tonight on Inside Sports, breaking down game one between the Golden Knights and, and the Oilers. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Brassois Skinner at the other end. Uh, I, I mean, again, it's we always get so many calls after games. Somebody wanted Campbell in in game two. I, I don't think they're going to go to Jack. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's happening. Yeah, Skinner's save percentage, I, I mean, is, is underwhelming for the playoffs, though I thought he made some pretty big saves last night. He is a Calder finalist. But what are you seeing in net here from Edmonton? Listen, Reed. You hate to you hate to give players any excuse, and and you hate to scapegoat a goalie. But at the end of the day, man, it's tough to win games when you give up five goals. Okay, that that's the truth. Is is we always just talk talk about how games were a race to four, a race to five, uh, especially in the playoffs. But the others can score goals, but you can't be dependent on having to score six, seven goals every night. Um, on, on their end, they they had four goals. Leon, all, all credit to Leon. You score four goals, you should win a hockey game. And so, whether you're taking that as Skinner didn't play well enough, take it. But um, for me, I you know I'm a fan of the kid. I love him. He's gonna he he should stay in there. I I wouldn't be switching to Jack. Um, but I mean, 33 shots against it's not, that's nothing to laugh at. But you got I I need a couple more of those saves. I think that that um, pass across on the fifth goal in the third period um that was just a dagger and um i, I just think you, you got to come up with that save late um so i think it's just he's got he's got to have a bounce back game in game two uh not saying he played bad but he definitely can play better yeah um i, I mean there's talk about a lot of players uh individual especially i, I mean nugent hopkins uh doesn't have a goal and i know we talked a lot about nuge during the season he got to 100 points had his fight i know you you love him yeah. Uh, um, are, are you seeing anything? I mean, he's obviously a key part of the power play that is virtually unstoppable. Uh, but but five on five, maybe there hasn't been as much there as you would like. What are you What are you seeing? Yeah, and I think um, it's possibly maybe a little concerning. But with this Oilers team, I feel like they just have this way of different guys stepping up in different times. And whether he's not scoring, he's still playing a you know, very good game. I think he's playing well defensively and, do, and doing all the right things, maybe just not getting credited with with some points. Um, but 
it's funny. I was talking in the dressing room while we were there, and I was kind of ripping on Yamamoto before Game Six uh, against LA, and I was saying, "What's you know, what's he been doing? He hasn't been doing anything for me. I need to see more Yamamoto." And he goes out there in Game Six and scores the series winner, right? Uh, late, late in the third period, and that's kind of what I'm waiting for with Nuge here. I think he's, I think he's, he, he's going to come up with a big effort and a clutch, whether it be a goal or a game or whatever it is, play um, soon. Uh, but I think he's doing a lot of things right. Um, but I, I think we can expect to see something big from Nuge here in the in the next couple of games. He won't yeah. be silent for long. He won't be that silent for long. Yeah, I, yeah. A lot of people are hoping he's just too good not sure. to. These players yeah. are too good not to eventually step into a game or a period and and contribute in a massive way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. W- would you contemplate any? I mean, they've been going 11-7 a lot. Dayharnay's had a couple tough moments in the playoffs. It, like, is it time to go? Well, now you don't know what's going to happen with Yanmark, right? And we'll see if Ryan's healthy enough to play on Saturday. But would you consider, you know, injecting Holloway, going with 12-6, and six, just to have that, that extra forward in there as an option? Well, that's a great question, man. And um, I try to put myself behind the bench, and I think it's not a bad idea. Um, it, it'll take a bit of the weight off those top guys just for one. Like I, like we talked about earlier with you a couple weeks back, is 11 and 7 is great. You just can't do it all the time, right? Because it's going it, to, it'll wear on, wear on a couple players. But why not? Why, why not throw someone else in the mix, um, ha- someone healthy, roll over four lines? He might wait for that when they get home ice back in Edmonton. Um, that that is my my thought but with what happened last night he's definitely thinking about it so um it, we'll, we'll see what he goes with with here tomorrow night I, right. I think i think he should go back to 12 and 6 for for friday night personally yeah. personally and just holloway's pace right i mean he can skate because well, he, he hasn't played uh correct me if i'm wrong he hasn't played a game yet he didn't play a game in the la series right no he didn't he hasn't played a, a yeah. playoff game so this year in the nhl why? yeah why not? He's been skating. He's in. He's probably in good shape. Um, let him come down. It's unreal. It's always nice throwing. You know, I'm biased throwing healthy scratches back in the mix, <laughs> right. right? But he's probably chomping at the bit. So you're going to have a kid that's energized. He's motivated and he's healthy. And why not? You know. All right. I'll throw one more at you here. Uh, what was the bigger upset? Florida over Boston or Seattle? over Colorado. And I'll tell you part of the reason I'm asking this is because I actually went out on a limb on stuff show and picked Florida in seven against Boston. So for me, Seattle beating Colorado was more of a surprise. And I know that sounds a little crazy because Boston hardly lost all year, but okay. For me, it's Boston by a mile because I think if anyone's watched Seattle play for an extended amount of time this year, which I did working sports net, a lot of late games. I saw Seattle play versus Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary. Seattle's a damn good hockey team. They are fast. They play with pace. They're well coached. They're well, you know, good goaltending. That that's a scary team. I I don't know if we talked about this. I mentioned this. I tweeted like a month in March, someday in March, I tweeted this Seattle Kraken team is going to be a real problem in the playoffs because they're built for it. Um and I just, I, I did not see that coming with Boston at all. Like, oh, I swear, I honestly thought that was a sweep waiting to happen. I couldn't have been more wrong. I was texting Taylor Hall before the playoffs saying, man, I'm pumped for, yeah, I can't wait to watch this run and good luck and all that. And they had two chances to close it out on home ice. Um, I just don't think I gave the, 
Panthers enough credit. And it's it, for for me, the upset is uh, is Boston. Don't let the Rangers get off the hook though. Too that the Rangers losing the jersey in seven is it isn't great. What, what happened? Like, they they were up two nothing going home for game three, right? Lost for the for the next five. There, the the yeah. Jersey? yeah, the yeah, Rangers. Was there you know a problem they with the Rangers? Like. They didn't have their big boys step up. The guy right. wearing the suit, Jacob Trubuds. I know he had a huge hit in game seven. He had zero points. Kane, Panarin. I mean, they brought Kaner was third on the team in points, but he wasn't he wasn't an absolute difference maker. And they just their big boys didn't show up. They they didn't have any fight. They didn't have any battle. Um, Jersey just showed that they were hungrier and they wanted it it was to me it was embarrassing to me the, that effort by the rangers was was simply embarrassing so what do they do now i mean they made some moves uh Ooh, well they got know. tons of guys tons of ufas their prospect pool is depleted they're not going to draft well this year they're in trouble um I, I mean they got some they got their nucleus their core basically under under a couple good de- long-term deals but oof, some big big questions uh in the big apple that's for sure okay Luke, uh, this was awesome having you on the show. We will do this uh, in a couple weeks at a date to be determined, depending on uh, when the Oilers are playing. I'm, I'm glad you had another great experience at Edmonton last weekend. Uh, have fun with the Alzheimer's event in Toronto this weekend, and we will have you back soon, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Reed. Luke Gazdick checking in, presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. So Luke does a good job breaking it down for you, what the Golden Knights did, what they did against McDavid, and now where do the Oilers go from there, which I'm happy to hear your thoughts on as well at 780-496-0063. we got extended open line time here if you want to get in touch at 780-496-0063. End of the second period, Panthers leading the Maple Leafs 3-2. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. And it's out over the line. McTavish and Curry. Klima catching up. He's in. Peter Klima passing away at the age of 58. That his most famous goal and one of the biggest ones in the history of the Edmonton Oilers. The great Bob Cole with the call from the 1990 Stanley Cup final in game one. He scores at 15-13 of the third overtime. The longest game in the history of the final. As I'm sure many of you remember, he didn't play for long stretches in that game. But off the bench got the goal, and of course the Oilers went on to win the 1990 Stanley Cup. Peter Klima has passed away at the age of 58. Okay, the current Oilers in Vegas, game two against the Golden Knights on Saturday after the 6-4 loss. Last night, uh, 780-496-0063, plenty of time for uh, your feedback in the next uh, half hour of the show between now and 7.30. Kellen, give me uh, give me one or two here before we go to the news. A couple of quick hitters before the news. Jace texts in and says, I'm sorry to say, but Yamamoto should be switched out. Uh, well, Holloway could come in at some point. Now, Ryan skated today, so hopefully he's fine for Saturday. So if Ryan... Well, basically, Ryan would come in for Yanmark if they went back to 11-7 and because I don't know if Yanmark's going to be able to play... It's uh, 
Yeah, I, I get it with Yamo. He, he does a lot of the right things. The production isn't always there. He probably bought himself maybe a game by, by what he did in game six against the Kings. And MD texts in and says, split 97 and 29 up, FFS. And I think we all know what FFS means. Uh, so. I'm not totally sure, but it's probably dirty. Um, it is. <laughs> Well, they, I mean, he did that a little bit yesterday. That's the the usual. I mean, I don't know. It's gonna go. It's gonna go back and forth. It's gonna go back and forth. They were pretty good in the third period together when they were pushing to to tie the game, even after being behind five three. All right, let's hear from you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three.